Okay. Uh, is it? You? It's your turn to introduce the it's episode. Always, it's always my turn because I'm very bad at it. And then so you I'm, make me do it. Exactly. So I, <laughs> I, I, I want you to know. Uh, I'm not saying that we will be. I will be successful right now, mm-hmm. but I have been rehearsing it in my head every oh my all, God. all the time. So if I manage to botch it in spite of rehearsing it in time into my rehearsing it into my head all week, well then that's on me. It's okay. <laughs> I I shall consider forgiving you. <laughs> I I like that. I like that. I shall consider forgiving you. I'm just being honest. Where okay. was that from? Where was that game? That that county? Uh, I I'm I'm. Oh, it was Stanley. What is that? Stanley said, "Uh, if Excelsior, you know, if Steve Ditko wants to be credited as co-creator, let him. Yeah, I I'll consider it true." <laughs> and I was just like. No, Stan. Yeah, that's not no, how that no, works. No, no, no. You you have to categorically give your blessing. You can't just make some weird, arbitrary, conditional blessing. Mm, you're just doing anything you can to avoid introducing this episode. No, no, no. Okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, go for it. Hey everybody, welcome to Three Point Landing. This is Matthew, and yeah. I'm here with Bisha to talk about BlizzCon 2019 and a bunch of video games. Heyo! I don't know why I did that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so BlizzCon was last week. That was where Blizzard talks about all their upcoming releases. Um, for the I, want, I don't even want to say near future because they're, they're, they're horrible with release dates. That's okay. right. They just like telling you, teasing you, and implying that something is going to be coming along your way, and you'd best be grateful for it if and when it does show up. <laughs> um, this year's celebration was marred a little bit of, with a little bit of controversy because of recent events that have been going on. Um, maybe Matthew, you could um, bring us up to speed. All right. Yeah. So what happened was like, okay, Blizzard Entertainment is one of the biggest video game companies uh, internationally, and uh, they had a tournament. They They had a tournament for Hearthstone, their their digital card game, and when one of the champions uh, was uh, you know won and like was brought on to like talk about his success or his his victory, um, his name was I believe Blitzchung was his handle Blitzchung, right? right. What and was, his, his what's his real name? Ngai uh, Wong. I you know I don't want to butcher like Never mind. Chinese or name, okay. but as long Plus as we get his handle, right, right. we got his handles right. So his name is Blitz Chung, mm-hmm. uh, and he showed up to talk with the commentators. And at the end of his uh, sort of like his moment to talk about the game and his success, he wore a mask uh, and took it off and said like "Free Revolution, Free Hong Kong, Revolution of Our Time," mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that for staying that got him in hot water. Um, he he was suspended. His prize money was taken from him. He right. was banned from the game for a right. year, and the commentators who hosted him were banned from the game or from the events right. for six months. Okay. Now, um, as I recall, what happened immediately after that was there was online backlash. People were up in arms over Blizzard suspending this guy and taking away his his prize money. Yeah, and um, this is the controversy that was hovering o- over the the event as we were going into BlizzCon 2019. Exactly, because it 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 creates now. For those who don't realize what that means, it's like he basically made a political statement in support of Hong Kong, and that was not looked upon kindly by an entertainment company that 
you know, makes a lot of money from China. Absolutely. I mean, they're not going to say no to, um, you know, all the revenue possibilities generated by the world's second largest economy. And seeing as they really, really do love video games over there, um, that w- would have resulted in millions, if not billions of lost profits. Yeah. And, I, you know, there is, there is a lot of, uh, there's a lot of like moving parts and nuance to this whole situation that I'm not really going to get into uh, this episode. Mm-hmm. But it was not looked upon kindly, like you said. And it was also hot on the heels of other controversies or other scandals like that happened before that. So, for example, last year at BlizzCon 2018, uh, they were Blizzard was Blizzard was set to release was supposedly set to announce a new Diablo game. Right, right. Yeah, and most people presumed that it was going to be Diablo 4. <laughs> they were wrong. Yeah, and instead it turned out to be Diablo Immortal. Uh, um, a game exclusively for mobile phones. Yep. And, you know, I think that game looks fine and dandy for what it's supposed to be. Right, but that's not what people were wanting. Yeah, waiting. They'd been waiting years for a new Diablo. Yeah, we're talking We're talking seven years. Eight, I think mm-hmm. it's seven years since the last Diablo right. at that point in time. Yeah. So Blizzard is notorious for doing the whole bait and switch thing. But um, this time around, the controversy was more around their unwillingness to allow their players to um, freedom of expression, basically. Yeah, free speech. And this is something that has been a hot topic in the news lately. Like recently, um, the NBA was in hot water with the mainland also of China because um, the Rockets GM... Uh, Daryl Morey, I believe is his name. Right. He tweeted tweeted, um, in support of the protests, the Hong Kong protests, and immediately he was forced to apologize both by the Rockets management and... And um, everybody who had something to gain from selling basketball to China, basically. Now, I don't know if you're familiar, but over the last 20 years, ever since Yao Ming got into the NBA, basketball has gone up, up, up in the mainland. It's like, it's amazing. They are Mm. obsessed, especially with the NBA. And China reacted swiftly. They pretty much canceled the NBA in the mainland. Yeah, I believe like some of the games that... uh... Uh, okay, I'm not a big 100% sports fan, but I'm but, over, over, but because of because of the Blizzard situation, mm-hmm. I have learned a lot more because okay, it gets okay. because it gets invoked. I believe and, some of the games and, that right, and the, the reason that this is relevant is because Blizzard didn't want to face themselves in the same situation. They did not want to be canceled in, on the mainland because again, big money to be made. Yeah, and and you know it's worth noting that this is a pre this is a preemptive measure, mm-hmm. or rather, Blizzard and uh, and and its related. Companies or groups did the action to suspend Blitz Chung mm-hmm. before China had even asked. Right. That's very different from what happened with the NBA. Right. In fact, um, shortly after it happened, a number of Blizzard employees, I mean, a very small number, actually walked away from their desks. They walked out in a stage of protest. They yeah. went down to the fountain in the courtyard in front of the office building, and they had their little protest there. There was like 20, 30 of them. Yeah. And um, they were just expressing their general discomfort. Yeah, there's a, there's a statue uh, yep. in the, in the, in the yep. headquarters that says, like, every voice matters. Mm-hmm. That is uh, an glo- iconic yeah, statue. Yeah, global, issue, global issues or global voices or something, global cultures. And, and somebody had taped over those words. As a form of protest, you know. Well, their bosses taped over those words um, online. So, yeah. same difference. Now, uh, maybe you could tell our listeners a little bit about that. Why would Blizzard have a statue with those words? What What is the significance of that to their franchises? Well, because over the years, 
Blizzard has made so many characters and so many worlds and settings that um, for for the fans are about like heroes and inspiring like action, like freedom and justice and all stuff. Even right. their, like their most popular game right now, Overwatch, mm-hmm, is literally mm-hmm. about a bunch of global peacekeeping superheroes that were disbanded against right. their will. Yep. In spite of their desire to want to do more for the world, in spite of, in spite of their desire to do good for the world, mm-hmm. and reuniting, you know, reuniting in a world that doesn't want them. That's true. Yeah. And the cool thing about it is that people have actually, um, you know, how it is with video games, right? People tend to take ownership of the character of their selected characters, and in this case, in the case of like Overwatch, um, they have really taken to heart. The um, not just the appearance of these characters, but what they stand for, and uh, for the by and large, what these characters stand for is essentially banding together to fight against a larger entity, other than um, that, that a larger evil. Yes, yeah. a large, a larger evil. And as far as a lot of people online were concerned, Blizzard was going against everything that their own characters stood for, that their own franchises stood for. Yeah, and the only way out of this hole would be some cor- some kind of Magnificent apology or some really big announcements to, that would be finally giving people what they wanted with regards to upcoming games. Yeah, and that's pretty much what Blizzard did. I mean, BlizzCon 2019 was going to happen regardless of how the year played out. I mean, that's, that's an annual event. Yeah, And, you know, I got the sense that Blizzard knew how badly they were hit by this controversy of not supporting free speech, of yep. kowtowing to chi- yep. the Chinese market. So they started drip-feeding information about their games. Mm-hmm. They'll, they'll tell you that they didn't. Right. But there's a lot of stuff about like Overwatch 2, Diablo 4, right. and Warcraft 3 Reforged. Right. All of these things that, that came out in the various video game websites before BlizzCon 2019 happened. Absolutely. And it's very easy to be all like, ooh, leaks, ooh, uh, <laughs> you know, the juice. Of course. And, I mean, it distracts you from the main issue at hand. Yeah. And I honestly think that was very, that was tactical. Now, I don't like entertaining conspiracy theories and all this sort of like, ooh, kind of stuff. But think about it. Diablo Immortal was received poorly because people thought a mobile game is not a real game. A mobile yeah. game is a play for the Chinese market and the people who make mobile games, the studio that was, that was, that was making it, was going to be supported by a large amount of Chinese developers. A lot of xenophobia or xenophobia, if you will, mm-hmm. going around that. Right. So, and, and, and part of that problem was People expected Diablo 4, but they didn't get it. So to me, when you leak out information about your anticipated announcements, mm-hmm. you're priming the audience. You're saying, Absolutely. You're saying, here's what to expect from us. Right. Because unlike the Diablo Immortal announcement, if, if, if everybody knew that Diablo Immortal had been coming, everybody knew that mobile game was being announced mm-hmm. months or weeks ahead, right. they, I think the backlash would have been a little less pronounced. The anticipation would have been so high, yeah. if nothing less. Yeah. But in this case, they were using, they were weaponizing that anticipation so as to avoid, again, the issue at hand, which was whether or not their players who are playing as avatars of freedom and self-expression would be allowed to have freedom and self-expression. Yeah. So, um, okay, before we get to how it actually went down, I just want to point out like a week, a week and a half, two weeks before um, Overwatch launched on the Switch. That's right. And they were supposed to have a launch event in New York. And if I'm not mistaken, they had to cancel it because they were so afraid of what the media backlash would look like. Yeah. So when they were, when that was canceled, a lot of people said that they're going to need something really big, something really shiny 
to get people through BlitzCon. Yep, and th- that that shiny stuff was delivered. It was Overwatch Two uh, was the big deal announcement that they opened with mm-hmm. uh, a sequel to Overwatch, obviously because number two and uh, Diablo Four. Right. Can I just say the launch, the, the 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 announcement video for Overwatch Two was something else. Yeah, I mean, okay, you know what? Uh, online and offline, I've always had like a complex array of misgivings about how I feel about Overwatch as a game and as a as an experience. You mean you don't like getting shot in the head by eight-year-olds? No. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> because that's pretty much what happens. You get shot in the head by eight-year-olds. Uh, well, well... <laughs> It's not really that. It's just it's you know it's a lot of, it's a lot of stuff about how, the messaging and all that stuff that Blizzard does. But I only I only preface my 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 non fandom of Overwatch. Non fandom, you? Yeah, yeah, I'm not a fan of Overwatch. Like I only preface that just to to heighten what I'm about to say, which is that that trailer got me misty eyed. It was a good trailer. It was a fantastic yeah, trailer. Yeah. It pulled all the emotional strings. Yeah, it pushed all the right buttons, and it got you excited for a property from somebody that ostensibly people were supposed to be up in arms against. Yeah, but then when they saw this trailer, they're like, <laughs> "Shut up and take my money." Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Right? I mean, I don't want to cast too much negative aspersions on that. As fun as fun as it is to do so, absolutely. But you know, like like that having an Overwatch sequel. Right after that, stu- uh, right after all the stuff that has happened, and making people look at their at their phones and at their TVs, like crying at the at what's happening in the in the announcement trailer when all the heroes come together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's really funny, actually, because in the first Overwatch trailer back in 2016, yeah, the the story effectively is you know the smart the smart gorilla guy says there are no more heroes, and then he pushes a button and says. Hey heroes, let's get together. <laughs> and three years, three years later, yep, this yep. trailer is the heroes get together. <laughs> Damn straight. It took three years for people to answer the call of Winston. <laughs> so, okay, so there's Overwatch two. That was a big announcement, right? People yeah. went nuts. Then there's Diablo four. Finally, a year late, maybe. Here's the announcement that people have been waiting for. This is the Diablo game you've been waiting for since last year when they gave you. The mobile game that maybe you didn't entirely want. So these are the two big announcements. What about an apology? Was there an apology? There was a quote-unquote apology. There was a statement. There was a statement. And, you know, uh, over the past few weeks, I've made my thoughts heard about, like, what, uh, what you know, about the, the emptiness of this apology. It was but, last week. How many weeks have you been studying it? Sorry, because they made other apologies, just not the BlizzCon uh. apology. No, so, do call those apologies. They just well, gave back the prize money. All right, you guys can't hear the air quotes. But, <laughs> <laughs> Fine. But, okay, okay. Yeah, but, Walk yeah. us through it. So the apology was basically uh, Jay Allen Brack. This pre- is the BlizzCon apology for yeah, the record, not the, the half-assed things he did on social media. Uh, well, unfortunately, I hate to not to spo- not to put a spoiler on it, but it's not an apology either. Okay. Al- pres- Blizzard president Jay Allen Brack walked onto the stage and said, you know, we're... We're really disappointed with how we handled the situation. Mm-hmm. We hold ourselves to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. We should have led with actions instead of words, is what they said. I'm rolling my eyes right now. And then he suddenly pivoted the statement to something like, but our goal is to bring everybody together in Epic Entertainment. Okay, explain that to me. First off, who owns Epic Entertainment? And second of all, <laughs> okay, okay, no, no, I'm just kidding. But the thing is, he says at the very beginning that they themselves, they didn't 
live up to the high standards that they themselves set. But then 10 seconds later, he says that their entire goal is epic entertainment. So what exactly are their priorities? That's my first question. And my second question is, what was he apologizing for? He never actually specified. Exactly. He just assumed that everybody knew what the elephant was. Exactly. So, and to me, that was that was that that's failure on multiple level. Mm-hmm. Failure to explicitly name the incident that you are apologizing for, because mm-hmm. without naming it, you know, there, it creates ambiguity. It creates like, oh, okay, what are you sorry for? Exactly. It creates plausible deniability exactly. when you're when you're when you're vague about this kind Damn of stuff. Straight. Uh, number two, his apology was bad because he was saying, you know, we'll lead with actions and not words. But the correct, if if, if they really meant that, the action would be to correct what they did and to be fair to them they changed the punishment given to Blitzchung uh, it used to be a, a, year, a year ban from Hearthstone and all your prize money taken Right. they changed it they said he's getting his prize money and now he's still in a six month ban yeah. which I guess is a redressing of the severity of the punishment but it still doesn't say that they were wrong about what they right it's, it's not an apology it's a negotiation that's what it is and um and third, the third failure of the apology is to take that apology and spin it directly towards product by saying, hey, guys, we're kind of sorry about that thing. That thing that which you, we won't we, mention. We, of which will not be named. Yeah. By the way, let's come together for epic entertainment. Yes, because this is our priority now. The hell with values, the hell with standards. Yeah. The only reason we're here is to be entertained. That's basically what he said. Yeah. And what makes it worse, what makes it worse is that people seemingly accepted it. I mean, I don't know if that's just me or that was a general perception, but all anyone could talk about afterwards besides um besides the 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 the, the non-apology if I'm not mistaken, just looking at the feeds, Overwatch and Diablo yeah. got more digital ink than anything he said. Yeah, it's a, it's it's tremendously disappointing. And I, I, I had to say that, you know, we don't own a social weather station, for lack of a better word, to really ac- accurately and empirically identify how many people forgave them, quote-unquote, and how many people did not. Yeah. But it definitely felt like, like you said, new announcements, and now we're like, we're okay now. We're friends now. We're okay. Thank you for giving us the shiny thing. You know, Diablo right, like, right. Diablo 4 looks great because it's 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 darker, it's meaner, it's more intense, it advances the story. Overwatch looks great. It's finally bringing narrative modes. It's finally bringing new characters. You know, everybody will be together because the way Overwatch 2 works is that Overwatch 1 players can play with him. Right. All that stuff together. But, you know... What about, you know, we're all now, you know, distracted by all of that stuff. What about the protest that they said would happen? What did anybody show up with placards and signs? They did. I uh, saw a couple, but there was nowhere near what they would have you believe was going to show up. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm kind of two minds in the protest, which is that I really respect the pe- the leadership of the protest. Yeah. Um, not just for what the t- stance that they were making, but when they announced the protest, they were saying, we're going to make sure we're going to be civil about it. We're l- linking up with someone who is experienced organizing stuff. And we're going to make sure that people stay on topic and not just like, you know, start shit for the sake of starting shit. Right, right. But it was also disappointing that there were only about, I believe the estimates range around 50 to 100 people which is not an insignificant number, no, it's but not. it's not a critical mass. Well, seeing as they are, uh, you know, the United States is a country that ostensibly prides itself on the principles of freedom of speech and, mm-hmm. you know, freedom in general. Mm-mm. It was kind of disappointing to me. But then again, this is the same country, you know, where you have people like um, LeBron James and um, 
James Harden um basically what you said earlier bending over backwards yeah. to please the mainland and that's something that is not unique to video games or to basketball but and again just for the record you know I am not anti china by any stretch of the imagination but i what i am is anti pandering yeah i'm anti pandering and i don't like bullies in yeah. general okay yeah. no offense to anybody but those are two two things i can't stand yeah i mean i definitely have problems with the way like i don't want to get too political necessarily but not I, at all not at all yeah i definitely have some problems with the way people use their their legitimate political grievances with china the nation state led by a communist party and conflate that with their irritations with individual chinese citizens or chinese immigrants absolutely that 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 shit is problematic do not take out like do not take out your legitimate disdain for a political regime on innocent chinese people just wandering the streets of manila no matter how annoying they are to you or whatever like that's not cool but you know uh, like for example lebron james it's really weird for me with lebron james cuz he's like he he speaks out very strongly about <laughs> Oh, about yeah. about racial justice about mm-hmm. like you know uh, doing right uh to other people kindness all of that stuff but the right. moment anything threatens it's easy for him to say those things because they don't threaten his bottom line mm-hmm. but the moment they do oh. he suddenly adopts a very conservative stance exactly right and so much for the king Mm-mm. well another thing when i was talking about pandering right Mm-mm. um this chinification of mass entertainment is mm-hmm. nothing new it's something yeah. that's been happening gradually over the last 10 12 years i feel like it's it's inevitable as long as we're talking about the rules of free market capitalism oh, it's inevitable absolutely yeah. yeah i mean again no no harm no foul i mean yeah. you got to make a buck somehow but if it comes down to things like i mean okay here's okay i don't know how familiar you are with the chinese market but they are only allowed x number of foreign film releases a year in their market right Um the same thing now goes for video games. They have to screen every single game that enters their country now because yeah. now they have guidelines against on-screen blood. They have guidelines against representations of the supernatural as far as the communist party is concerned. There's no such thing as ghosts. Um th- yeah. things like that. And um one of the ways that Hollywood studios have been getting around the whole foreign film um the 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 the, the limits on the number of foreign films released is they tie up with a local production outfit in China so that on paper they're a chinese co-production so they're not they're not entirely a foreign film so they that's can right, be shown that's right that's why you have of all things you have the alibaba logo at the beginning of uh, mission impossible rogue nation you have the alibaba logo in front of star trek beyond of all things um this just helps them get into the country easier right but then you have Again, I don't here's where the pandering comes in. You have the example of something like um Transformers 4. I think those Age of Extinction and Heaven Help Me for Knowing That. One yeah, that's, the, right, that's right. One of the worst movie-going experiences of my life. It was just so bad. Anyways, that movie for some reason takes a detour to China for no reason whatsoever other than to include a couple of Chinese actors just so they can say that they're in the movie. You have Stanley Tucci chugging a chinese milk brand that he can't even pronounce properly and saying out loud on screen how lovely how wonderful it tastes knowing michael bay that's the joke <laughs> i mean oh, i've never seen age of yeah, extinction yeah, but, but i'm going to assume that's literally the joke nah whatever <laughs> but and also at one point for no reason again it shifts to hong kong 
and the Decepticons are attacking. They are using some kind of anti-gravity weapon. They're pulling up cars, buses, buildings, and then dropping them back down on the ground. And the people are running around trying not to get hit by these things, right? And literally somebody runs into frame, looks at the sky, screams out that our um, only hope is the central government. Oh, I was hoping to say, uh, yeah, I was hoping it was, he said free Hong Kong revolution of our time. Yeah, you wish. <laughs> but this guy, ostensibly a Hong Kong citizen, runs out and says the central government is our only hope. Oh now, God. that is pandering. How many Hong Kongers must have been disgusted by that? <laughs> that sounds incredibly tacky. The, almost as tacky as the Chinese doctor who shows up in the Chinese cut of Iron Man 3. He's got a Chinese physician in that one. That's right. I remember that. That yeah. was the, and then they included that footage for the Chinese market, they say, to give added value. Now, that is pandering. You know what? I'd rather just have one version of the film that has the Chinese character in it. Exactly. So just, it's not just be honest, you know. Just, yeah, but like, the funny thing is the Chinese market didn't like it because people inherently, because I work in advertising, people inherently know when they're being sold to. When People being know when to. they're being pandered to. Exactly. And they have a certain tolerance for it. So when BlizzCon goes on the charm offensive with look at all our shining upcoming, shiny upcoming toys, people know at the back of their head there's something wrong with it. The only trouble is the toys are so shiny, it's hard for them to, to say no. Thank you for bringing up the words charm offensive. That is literally... <laughs> no, that's, that's, that, was, that was foremost on my mind. I yeah. just couldn't remember where to drop it. But absolutely, it's, it's a, it, it is a charm offensive. And here's, here's the rub, which is that, okay, you know what? You've got some games that you'd like to announce. Sure, why not? Mm. Do it. Yeah. This is the, this is the yep. video game business. Yeah. But in spite of the fact that it takes so long for Blizzard to release new games... I still think it's there's a sense of dishonesty here because nobody knows when these games are coming out. Absolutely. They just showed some very well-made videos to tease the living daylights out of the people yeah. who saw them without actually committing to when they're coming out. We don't know if they're coming out tomorrow, we don't know if they're coming out next year or the year after that. Yeah, I mean like it's I mean not knowing when they, these games are going to come out is par for the course for mm-hmm. Blizzard, mm-hmm. but it also gives them free license to announce whenever they feel it's convenient yes. to announce. And that's uh, what made it all the more distressed. suspect. Yeah, and yeah it's suspect. a little bit it's dishonest. It's absolutely dishonest. Yeah, like so and and you know like even Jeff Kaplan who is the game director, the creative director for Overwatch and Overwatch 2. Yeah. He literally said in a piece later, like, he has no idea when Overwatch 2 is coming out. <laughs> he couldn't even give a vague window, like, oh, right. the next two years, or we hope 2022 holiday, but don't hold me to that. Absolutely. He couldn't even say any of that. He just said, I have no idea. And the Diablo 4 directors have a similar talking point about, you know, oh, we'll be ready. Um, we, we He'll don't be know ready yet. when it's ready. Yeah. Basically. And I'm just like, guys... <laughs> Guys, right? Yeah, you, know, you like, can you can announce you can announce a date and and postpone it. That that you can do that. That's what Ubisoft and 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 Sony PlayStation are doing. They said mm-hmm. the Last of Us is coming out on on, on on March or whatever, and now they're saying, oh, you know, it's May and. Don't worry, guys. We're gamers. Nobody, nobody takes umbrage at that necessarily, yep. except for really impatient people. But that's not <laughs> that's not <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Absolutely. And Ubisoft's Watch Dogs Legion has been postponed from you know from March all the way to whenever. Mm-hmm. Mostly because their last game sold badly. But that's, that's another <laughs> conversation for another time. But it wasn't just a charm offensive that that that, that really annoyed me. It wasn't just the non-apology that annoyed me. What was up with his hair? 
<laughs> Can you explain that to me? It looks like he had time to get it rebonded before he went on stage, but he didn't have time to come up with a ha- decent apology. I mean, seriously. Like, okay, you... look, look, look. Um, Is uh, he, some, has he always looked that way? Some people have sent me some unkind jokes about him and his hair. Has he always looked and... like you know a second-rate you know gigolo? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously. And I, and I think, and I think, and I'm not, I'm not 100 on board with hair shaming Jay Allen Brack. Fine, but no, sorry. But, no, but you're 100 right. In that clearly he had time for great grooming. <laughs> like it's not that he had. It's not that his hair looked great. That's the, the issue. The issue is you're about to get an apology. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, like seriously. Oh, good God. I I I do want to take note right now, like uh, that J Allen J Brack is the president of Blizzard, mm-hmm. but he's not the CEO of Blizzard. So why was he the one up there? Because there is no CEO. Who's the CEO? No, there used to be a CEO. Okay, Blizzard structure and this is like sort of like inside baseball stuff. Go for it. Uh, Blizzard used to be had a CEO called named Mike Morhaime, and Jay Allen Brack was his, you know, was his was the president. Right. And ever since Mike Morhaime left the company last year, mm-hmm. like his role was not replaced. Oh, okay. So there was nobody else who could have taken that stage, basically. And the the the, the consensus is that it indicates that Blizzard doesn't have its own independent creative leadership anymore. Mm-hmm. That J that that Brack answers directly to parent company Activision, Activision of the calls of duties. So what does that mean? That what does that mean, big picture wise? Um, there is a sense among people that. Blizzard is slowly losing its independence, slowly losing its creative energy, and um, becoming more and more answerable to the, the the business goals of Activision, which is to maximize shareholder value, to release m- multi- many boxed products every year, at least once a year, you know, all that stuff. And you know, Blizzard is a company that was, that is known for, like you said, like we joked about, like we made fun of. Releasing games whenever they want, yeah. As long as they're as high quality as they want it to be, they're even famous for canceling some games because they mm-hmm. said they didn't meet their bar of quality. Right. And now here they are, you know, having their creative leadership gutted, you know, having no spine to stand up for their for the values that they set for themselves, ostensibly. Yeah, and uh, you know, for for delivering product just for the sake of delivering it that's true and um something that drives me nuts i mean something else that 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 really just you know for lack of a better term it grinds my gears (laughs) is that a lot of the people who were up in arms previously right now you know uh blizzard is coming up roses you know it's like everything was forgiven just because they got all is absolved, uh, right? It's like when you when you dangle keys in front of a baby, you know. You, look at here, look at here, something new and shiny. Look at this. I and, worry about your future parenting skills, but the, go on. Uh, let's not talk about that. But it's like it's exactly what Obama said last week. All of these so-called woke people on social media are so quick to point fingers, to cast aspersions, to 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 cast stones, you know, mm-hmm. virtually. But when it comes right down to it, they're not really standing for anything not, other than the actual accusations. That's right. They're not willing to 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 lean into action that will enact the change that they want to see. Right. And yeah. what we're talking about here is, in the case of Hong Kong, the, mm. this is about people's lives. This is about their right to having an opinion mm. in their own country. This is about 
having the right to express said opinion in their country. And that's what they're being crucified for. And that's what I think that a lot of the people on social media don't understand or are unwilling to grasp in favor of, again, the new hotness mm. that's going to hit their consoles. Or their PCs, as the case may be. Well, there is one fun, like one fun form of like armchair activism. I thought happened. Go for Did it. Did you hear about the uh, what, what what they were doing with May? Yeah, um, she's supposed to be like the unofficial figurehead for pro Hong Kong democracy. That's right. That's right. Uh, May is the is uh, so Overwatch has an international cast, and May is the yeah the, the one from China. Mm-hmm. You know, and fans. In protest or in retaliation, have been appropriating May as a symbol of resistance by letting her wear by drawing fan art, right, right, and JPEGs and all sorts of stuff with her saying "Free Hong Kong" with pro or, Hong Kong or, slogans or logos. On, yeah, on all the over. Right. Yeah, I thought it was really and and it's great because if if May becomes inextricably linked with pro Hong Kong imagery, what's going to happen is you Google May. You're, you love Overwatch. You live in China. You Google May. I don't think they have Google well, in China. Sorry, you Baidu. Is it Baidu? It's, I don't know. Uh, I should know, but I, I don't know. Yeah, so you, you search. You Bing. You Bing me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nobody on the side of the on either side of the Great Firewall uses Bing. That's the joke. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, so you look, you look up May and you'll see lots of images of pro Hong Kong. Yeah. And... Ideally, the situation will be such that Blizzard will have to change their stance or whatever. But the point is, they're poisoning me with bro Hong Kong imagery, and I found it funny because somebody was like, "Well, you know, they don't have to ban Overwatch." I wouldn't say poisoning. I would say appro- I mean appropriating. Oh, by poisoning it, I mean poisoning it for China. Ah, you know, I mean it in a good way. I mean, you like, just yeah. be clear which side you're on. All right, all right, all right, all right. You're, that's on me. But yeah, <laughs> basically, you know. And the idea was that oh you know it'll it'll undermine Overwatch's presence in China, and I I heard some smartass on the internet being like, well man, what if they just they'll just take out May? That's what's gonna happen. They'll just take out May. Man, you take a long time to tell a story. And what happened is the guy said, then we'll come for the other characters too. So long story short, TLDR is that <laughs> May is a pro Hong Kong symbol now, thanks to the internet. And, and if Blizzard magically decides to get rid of her, people the, on the internet have said that they the would happily turn next. There you go. <laughs> See, you could have done that quicker. <laughs> but honestly, no matter which side of the political of the political divide that you fall on, we think that everybody should have the right to think what they want and to say what they want, as long as they're not hurting anybody anybody uh, in the process. Yeah, and the thing is, Blizzard says they're for free speech. That's mm-hmm. what they're, they've been saying this whole time in between all their false apologies. Mm-hmm. And they're saying that if you... It, it, when we banned Blitzchung, we did not ban him for what he said. We banned mm-hmm. him for making the game, for talking about off-topic things. Right, right. That's what right. they claim they're doing. They're, and you can see numerous examples in which other people have spoken off topic absolutely. on the streams absolutely. and not a single action was taken. And something else that I saw recently um, in one of their official posts was that he violated the terms of the user agreement by expressing political opinions. And I'm not entirely behind that because, like you said, if you look at any of the public events, if you look at you know any of the discourse online, you're going to see 
a multitude of opinions, a multitude of comments that are far more offensive than somebody just saying, yes, we deserve democracy mm-hmm. or yes, we deserve the right to choose. Yeah. And in this case, uh, I think Blizzard took a step in the wrong direction. Now, distracting everybody with baubles, that works in the short term. But now the onus is on them to actually deliver on said product. Um, we, Like you said, we don't know when they're coming out. Mm-hmm. We don't know if they're going to be any good. Mm. We don't know, um, you know, they could close down tomorrow. Oh, okay, they're probably not going to close down tomorrow, but <laughs> yeah. you, you know what I mean. Anything could happen between now and the time they deliver on those promises. And in that time, we don't know what's going to happen to the people who are still playing these games, um, wherever in the world they may be. Does that make any sense? Yes. I mean, what they did at BlizzCon is a band-aid. Mm-hmm. It doesn't negate the issues, it doesn't heal the divide, Mm-mm. and it doesn't do anything that actually addresses them in any meaningful way. Yeah, and, and make no mistake, nobody here in this recording booth wants to see Blizzard go up in flames necessarily. I mean, if they... <laughs> <laughs> I was not looking around nervously. What are you looking at? <laughs> well, look, I always tell people as a, as a, as a games pundit, I never want games to be bad. I never want companies to necessarily be in trouble. Mm-hmm. I don't take joy in seeing workers suffer. Uh-huh. Well, um, I, I have a similar uh, take on that. I mean, as a film reviewer, I never go into a movie wanting it to be bad. Exactly. Right? Exactly. I will go into Resident Evil 6 with the best of intentions and the <laughs> highest of hopes. Yeah. Even if I know it's probably going to kick me in the teeth. <laughs> because because being surprised is a delight and a joy. It you is. Know what I mean, it's 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 It absolutely but, is. Yeah. And it sucks it sucks that this this cloud hangs over because I know so many people who I respect, you know, who love these games, who love Blizzard Entertainment and you know, while I definitely like kind of like pull back from that fandom I also think like, whoa, wouldn't it be great if I was really a fan of these things? Wouldn't it be great if I could be fans with my friends? You know what I mean? You want to be excited. I'm always excited for my friends, but I want to be excited with them. And when Blizzard has questionable political actions, when Blizzard like does all of this stuff, and when you know the games are just a smokescreen, it makes it harder and harder for me to be excited for stuff that is most likely the hard work of game developers who actually want good things. I mean, even the Hearthstone developers, the guys who made the card game that is central to this whole, they said they were disappointed with how Blizzard made handle the situation. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, as far as um, <clears throat> as far as um, Blizzard and let's say the overall game industry is, we could go on for many, 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 many more hours with regards to the the hows and the whys and the ins and the outs of the development of these titles. Um, some of it's not very pretty. We we know that. But um, it's always nice to see when a company is willing to take a stand for its beliefs rather than washing its hands, being wishy-washy, standing on the fence, and just not committing to any sort of position uh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. When all is said and done, um, we don't know where this is going to go. We don't know how much longer it's going to go on for. And we don't know how it's going to end. But after all of that, the only thing I want to know is, why weren't there any Warcraft announcements? There were. There was a Warcraft, there's Warcraft 3 Reforged. They're remastering. But, and re- but- 
that's just a repackaged thing. Because that's not busy, a new thing. Because they're busy working on Diablo 4. Actually, you know, to be are honest. Are they? Are they really? To be honest, I would love to see a Warcraft 4 too. But, you right? Know, you, but, you, but, but I think every franchise has to take its turn, unfortunately. And we just, we just went through Starcraft mm-hmm. and then Diablo and right, then Overwatch. Right. And now we're back to Diablo. So hopefully we'll get a Warcraft in there right after. Hopefully Warcraft Reforge is an opportunity to test some technologies that could be That's useful what I was for, thinking. for Warcraft. I for, think they're just testing the waters at this point. Yeah, yeah. This, See what the reception is for Warcraft Reforge and use that to base whether they're doing StarCraft or Warcraft. Same, or something new. Same logic behind remastering the original Command & Conquer. That's right. Absolutely right. And also Gears of War. Gears of War 1 was remastered as Ultimate Edition. And that right. became... The foundation for the work that became Gears of War 4 and 5. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of games to look forward to, and there's a lot more we can talk about. Um, yeah, those are our thoughts on BlizzCon 2019 and the recent controversies that uh, haunted it, as well as the games that are coming out from it. We'd like to hear what you think about the convention. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Blizzard's take on free speech, their apology or their lack thereof, or you know which games you're excited to hear about. This is Matthew. This is Misha. And we're signing off. Ah.